0: good evening everyone welcome back to the bundesliga show brought to you by over the bar and in partnership of course with bundesliga boxes um unfortunately i didn't pack one in my case because <laughs> i'm down south at my parents house uh, as we we're recording so nothing i haven't got any stuff so. it's an old relic of an England rugby top on unfortunately, this evening. But yeah, we're in partnership with Bundesliga Boxes this season, a fantastic company that provide mystery, authentic German football shirts. Um, you can either find them on Twitter. So just go search Bundesliga Boxes or go find them uh, on the internet through their fantastic website. Um, I think batch 12 is pretty much sold out apart from a few sizes. So really, really popular. So keep an eye on it and make sure you follow them on Twitter uh, for the next set of announcements and and for the next set of boxes um so we're really excited to sport um those their shirts and uh hopefully get ourselves a few more uh in the next set of batches as well um so yes welcome uh to everyone who's watching this evening whether you're new whether you're an old regular um obviously another Enticing weekend of Bundesliga action, goals everywhere. Um, I think that it, we got set up perfectly on Friday night for an excellent weekend of entertainment. I think it was brilliant, um, to get us kicked off. But anyway, uh, yeah, welcome back. If you're new, drop us a subscribe, drop this video a like if you enjoy what you see, and we'll crack on with the show. So, straight over to you, Mark, for uh, Mark's Mystery anagram. So, you and just uh take us through last week's and then announce the new one.
1: Yeah, so it's been another great weekend of Bundesliga action, hasn't it? Obviously, the international break, it seems a little bit too soon for an international break, just as we're kind of getting into the football. But yeah, let's enjoy week, th- week three roundup by starting with obviously Mark's mystery anagram. So let's start off by recapping last week's, which was indeed uh, Coaster John, for those of you with good memories. So, Yeah, indeed, the answer was actually Jonas Hector of FC Cologne, the fantastic captain of the Cologne side who played a big role in their strong start to the season. But actually, surprisingly, nobody got it right this time. I actually thought this one was a bit of an easier one than the Nicholas Dorsch the week before. But yeah, nobody got that one. So come on, guys, you've broken your your sequence now. You've got to get back on the train and kind of start getting it correct again. So, yeah, let's introduce the uh, week three anagram. So, remember, you've got two weeks to do this one. So, you've got quite a bit of time for this one. So, let's uh, preview the anagram. So, it is, as you can see at the bottom, Bank Marvel Mom. <laughs> <laughs> quite a funny name, this one. You know, we, we have all the all the words on the Mark's Mystery Anagram. So, yeah, Bank Marvel Mom. So, remember, it has to be something related to the top tier of the bundesliga either a player slash manager slash coach or a team so yeah get commenting underneath uh, and obviously on the live show as well and if you missed the live the kind of live preview then remember to check out the um the recording so yeah let's move swiftly on to the results and the scores on the doors for week three so, yeah, as Rory said, the, the the weekend started with a brilliant Friday night game. This was one of my favourite games that I've seen in a long time. Dortmund 3, Hoffenheim 2. Then on to Saturday, we had Bielefeld getting an, a third draw in a row against still winless uh, Frankfurt with a one-all draw. Then we had another... Uh, side shipping four at home with Augsburg losing 4-1 at home to Leverkusen then we had FC Cologne with a 2-1 home win over Bochum Mainz uh, destroying newly promoted Greuter Furt in a 3-0 win. Then we had the the Baden-Württemberg derby with um, Freiburg getting a 3-2 win away in Stuttgart. Excellent game again. Saturday was concluded with a comfortable 5-0 win for Bayern Munich over rock bottom and winless Hertha Berlin. Then moving on to Sunday, the big preview games end up with a Union Berlin 2-1 win over Ailing Borussia Gladbach, uh, yeah, um, Borussia Mönchengladbach, not Borussia Gladbach. <laughs> yeah, and then obviously um, finishing off the Sunday, we had the game between last season's two of last season's top four, which ended in a one-nil win for the Wolves of Wolfsburg over Leipzig. So yeah, let's move on to the analysis uh, and start off with with the OTBs featured four which is obviously when me and rory picked the four best games of the weekend there was so many to choose from this weekend we could have chosen six or seven good games i think easily this weekend but i think there's no better place to start than the first game of the weekend the friday night thriller between uh, Borussia Dortmund and Hoffenheim. I mean, what a game this was. Um, I, I remember, I think me and you, Rory, were texting during this game, weren't we? And I said at half time, it's going to be, there's going to be goals in this game, even though it was nil nil at half time. Well, yeah. obviously, that was before uh, Crammerich had headed against the bar after what seemed like just a couple of minutes, really, didn't it? Then, obviously, um, also Baumgartner had a great chance in that first half going one on one, but Cobalt showing that he maybe he is an improvement on uh, and hits, making a really good save, which kept it goalless. Dortmund also had a few half chances uh, in that first half, but then just four minutes into the second half, a brilliant team move, which ended in Giovanni Reiner, who started the season really, really well, side-footing in past Bauman in the Hoffenheim net to make it 1-0. And then that just kind of opened the floodgates, really, didn't it,
0: Rory? Uh, yeah, sure did. Um, not not saying that the first half like quality, actually, because I, I found it really interesting. Um, I really enjoyed the Hoffenheim press. Uh, they pressed high and forced Dortmund to uh, give up a lot of possession uh, in, in poor areas. Um, so, obviously, for example, the Kramerich header came from a high press. They won the ball back, crossed into the box, and obviously the header hit the post, so very unlucky there. Um, I think, certainly... If you're saying it, there's key battles across the pitch, of course there were. And I think the the battle of the the fullbacks was really interesting because I thought um Raun and um Oku um Okuguma, um easy for me to say, um, really outshone their opposite numbers. <clears throat> um I thought obviously it was great for Dortmund to have Guerrero back, um, but I think he was easing himself back in. Um and Munier, obviously, at right back, I think, uh, despite them being the first choice of Dortmund, I thought Hoffenheim really um, kind of pressed well. And, and that was, you know, uh, a byproduct of them winning that battle. But the second half, yeah, was utter was carnage. Um, I was hopeful that there would be more goals or goals in general in the second half. And yeah, Reina got us started, but I thought Hoffenheim responded really well. Um, obviously, the, the equaliser from Hoffenheim was thoroughly deserved. Uh, it's a superb pass or through ball from uh, Geiger, who had, a, who had a really impressive game in the middle. Um, for Baumgartner to open his account the season with a good finish as well. So that's 1-1. Dortmund respond again. Um, the, the ever-improving Jude Bellingham now adding goals to his game. Uh, really smart finish, although it's a poor header out uh, from a bit of a hopeful cross. Uh, it, obviously, the header, you know, you've got to do better than that. Um, could well have been one of the fullbacks. actually. It might have been Realm after I credited him. Um, but, yeah, 2-1. And you're thinking, right, Dortmund probably just managed the game and see it out. But a late flurry of Hoffenheim uh, pressure. Um, they were only kept at bay by Koble in-, in net for a long while. But he was uh, helpless from a corner corner. Um, that was flicked on at the at the front post for the substitute um, Dabour, to uh, to tap in. Terrible marking again. They looked so weak from set pieces again. Um, obviously being led by a centre midfield playing centre back in the shape of Axel Witzel. Not his job really, but that's what he's having to do at the moment. Um, yeah, and that really should have been you know should have been it. Uh, that really should have been two two. Hoffenheim creditable draw in, and Hoffenheim would have been really frustrated, but you can't keep him out of the news, can you? Uh, Erling Haaland um, didn't look like there was much going on. Hoffenheim looked well set in their shape. Um, Haaland then uses his power and his pace to get in across utter carnage then created by that. And what, one thing that I would want to highlight here is the difference between maybe the likes of Lewandowski and Haaland's his. His passion and his determination, because he made the cross and he ends up scoring the goal. He goes in there, chases in there after his cross. A couple of deflections, Mukoko should score. But then he's there on hand for the ball, falling into space, (laughs) scoring in the only part of the net which he could because the, the angle wasn't really on him and he smashes it in. Utter carnage, obviously the yellow... You know, the famous yellow wall going absolutely crackers. Um, yeah, fantastic atmosphere and and what a way to start the the weekend. It was a it was a fantastic game.
1: Yeah, he absolutely leathered that one in, didn't he? Like I I was watching now, it's obviously I've got Bauman in my fantasy football team. I was like, come on, keep making the saves, lad. <laughs> and like obviously he made two great saves, especially the recovery save. And then it looked as though the ball kind of... You're thinking, you know, they've got the point, because obviously there's only a couple of minutes left. Then out of nowhere, really, didn't he? he? just absolutely... Like, how did he smash that in? Because it looked like... I mean, there were two or three Hoffenheim players and as well as the goalkeeper on the line as well. And he, he just smashed it right into the roof of the net, didn't he? And I... I was just thinking, like I felt bad for the Hoffenheim players and fans, really, because he came so much into that game. But mm-hmm. yeah, when you've got, as they call him here in uh, in Germany, the baby face Haaland, <laughs> yeah, that's his nickname here in Germany. But yeah, I mean, what a player! What a, and he just, the crowd just love him, don't they? He's just an absolute. He's born for. A big occasion, and once again he turns up. After to be honest, he probably didn't have his best game actually in this yeah. one, you know. Yeah. And he looked a little bit frustrated at times. Obviously, he didn't score last time out against uh, Freiburg, but he obviously he does get his uh, third goal of the season with a massive goal, really. Because if they don't win that, you're already starting to worry about their title charge. Or like, obviously, it's still very early days, but one win out of three wouldn't have looked good on Dortmund's record. Got to say though, I mean, I think. Both sides deserve a lot of credit, really, ultimately, from this game. I mean, yeah, the defence wasn't great from either side, but I think outstanding performances from Jude Belling. I mean, what a player he's turned into, really. Yeah. I mean, we, me and Rory both said he struggled to settle in before Christmas last season, but since Christmas, the guy's just been on fire, and he seems like he's going to be a key player this year for Dortmund. And the same with Giovanni Rayner as well. He's been outstanding as well so far this season after, I would say, quite a poor season last year, actually, by his standard. He definitely didn't hit the heights that he did the year before or the year before that. But, yeah, he started absolutely brilliantly so far this season. I think um, from the Hoffenheim side, I mean, I thought Larsen is fitting in really well to that side as well after returning from Anderlecht. Yep. I mean, you wonder why they allowed him to go out on loan last season, really, don't you, after the way he started this season. I agree that Geiger has been outstanding. And Gelo Stiller also looks really good in that midfield. I think with uh, Hoffenheim, though, the, the one thing they're missing really is that centre half partnership. I'm not a big fan of the Vogt and Posh center half partnership. They do look a little bit uh, slow at times and it's easy to kind of get past them and they do they're always prone to an error as well aren't they I think yeah, they're a me, very a big weakness yeah, yeah they're
0: yeah. a very physical pairing uh which you yeah. saw because there's lots of yellow cards being handed out in the game and you just feel like they're one yeah one tackle away from an early red card <laughs> in the game so fortunately yeah. it didn't happen because we had a great game but yeah that that's maybe one area they need to
1: yeah, agreed. Yeah, agreed. But yeah, credit also to Bauman uh, and Kobol, who despite conceding three and two respectively, I thought they both had good games. I mean, this was a brilliant game of football yeah, and a great advert for the Bundesliga, that's for sure. So moving swiftly on, uh, this was uh, Augsburg 1, Leverkusen 4. I mean, what, what a crazy game this was. I mean, like just a few minutes on the clock and like um actually Augsburg almost scored even before this happened as well incredibly you know Augsburg had like a half chance through I think it was Vargas then all of a sudden like you're just kind of going through and you're uh, Leverkusen go forward the balls kind of played hopelessly into the box next thing the fullback from Augsburg Iago just kind of goes for like a, a messy style chip over his own keeper um and it's just like, what are you doing? You know, obviously it drops just in time to hit the back of the net. And it's just one of those horror on goals from the Spaniard, Iago. And that kind of set the tone for me for what was a, a truly tragic afternoon of football for the Bavarian side, Augsburg. Yeah, j- just obviously 10 minutes after that as well. I mean, Lechner, they're a talismanic striker, what you could call him. Like a corner comes in, he just heads it. If it's in, if it's in the right net, it's a great header, actually. Okay. <laughs> You're saying, you know, it's a great poach strikers go, but obviously it's into the back of his own net which makes it two calamitous own goals really doesn't it I mean he could both of them could easily have been avoided for me really and then obviously 2-0 to lay because without really having to do anything Rory and then what happened after that
0: well yeah so the, both those goals obviously came um, more or less within the first 15 minutes if that yeah. I think um, so obviously that, that's a terrible start for a team that are low on confidence um, it what it was a game Full full of errors actually. Um, so the fr- from last week being an outstanding performer, uh, Mitchell Backer had a bit of a stinker. He almost conceded a penalty in between the own goals, got away with that. But then Alsberg's lifeline came where, um, a, a hopeful cross comes in and he tries to control it, loses the ball, spinning around, doesn't know where he is, and then the uh, then needle uh, makes amends and gets himself back into. Uh, well, level terms as he pokes the ball home from close range. So that's 2-1. So a bit of a lifeline for Augsburg, maybe undeserved. Um uh, I think the RB also had a then had a goal ruled out um courtesy of the AR for a handball in the build-up. So it didn't really stop Leverkusen um, in terms of their momentum. They were always the... The dominant side, despite maybe a few sketchy minutes, um, and second half, Alsberg, came out with a bit more impetus, but again, Leverkusen were always in control. Um, and the game was effectively wrapped up um, when Patrick Schick uh, decided to, to... Well, he picked up the ball from Florian Virts, the sub, um, ran ran out of the defence centrally and, and given the freedom of the pitch to do so, picked his spot, curled it in beautifully, 3-1, and that's the game um they're looking like hopefully they can rely on uh on patrick schick this season he looks like a like a more confident and uh clinical striker this season uh he had his moments last season but the euros has has obviously been a big boost to his confidence um so that's 3-1 and then the icing on the cake um another well i say another error um long ball over the top florian versus on the chase manages to beat. Kikovits to it and, and then slots home into an empty net. Good finish, actually, from a narrow angle, uh, making it 4-1. So obviously that's the game. Um, another impressive win for Leverkusen. They, you know, they set out their stall early last season, they're doing it again this season. Um, really hope that they can keep it together for a lot longer. Um, they look like an exciting team going forward. Uh again, as you mentioned, Mark um in the weeks previous they look like they've got an, another nice uh partnership forming potentially um with uh jonathan Tarr um in there so i mean obviously looking forward to the left back you got a backer who settled in really well but defensively maybe looks like he could be again one of those who gets forward really well but defensively is he going to be a bit a bit suspect we shall have to see obviously he will be tested by a lot of quick and nippy wingers who will want to run at him. They've seen already, you know, he's made a few reckless challenges in the box. So maybe he's just got to kind of calm that down a bit. Um, For Augsburg, it's looking quite bleak, isn't it? Um, We did kind of call, yeah, we did call this in our, you know, in our prediction show at the moment, it's coming to the fore. Um, They haven't got really any goal threat when they do. They squander their chances at the back there. Obviously they're calamitous, the first own goal. Uh, I don't know what he's trying to do. Uh, he's obviously trying to flick it over over Shik, who's the, the danger at this point of time. But just, you know, put either put your foot through it or, it, you know, either way around, you're just trying to be a, d- a bit too clever. I've got sympathy for elector is a great ball in. And he's obviously trying to defend his front post. But, you know, he, he gets the wrong contact on it. And, and it's effectively, it's already game over. Um, so, yeah, lots of lots of work for Augsburg, I'm sure. Uh, the international break is probably good timing for them. So they'll be able to, you know, work together. Hopefully not many of their players will go on international duty, certainly on form. None of them should be going on international duty anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, hopefully together as a group, they'll be able to work together on, on things, sharpen up defensively and maybe, you know, kind of get a bit of confidence going forwards. Um, but right now they're looking like a team who, uh, who are going to be in trouble this season.
1: Yeah, I was just watching that game, Rory, and I, I just couldn't believe how open Augsburg were, really. I mean, it was just, they were just so poor in this game for me, you know, and I think, like, really, really poor, like, almost to the same level as what Furt were in that game against uh, Stuttgart for me. It was that kind of level of performance for me. It was like Leverkusen could just about bags for us, couldn't he? I think they hit the post uh, twice as well on top of the... Uh, The four that they scored, they had obviously Diaby maybe slightly harshly disallowed in some ways because I don't think there was really that much he could have done really to avoid that contact. But I guess I think nowadays they have the rule that if you score uh, using the hand in any way, then it has to be disallowed, you know. But Yeah. yeah, it could have been a lot more for Leverkusen, but yeah, I think they've got to sort that back line out first of all, haven't they? I mean, Iaco. I mean, this was a horrible performance. It wasn't just the own goal, but also for the fourth goal as well. I mean, what was he doing for that one as well? Just uh, not good enough at the end of the day. I think Reese Oxford, who was good, actually, against uh, Frankfurt last week, he just had a horror show in this game for me. A a young, obviously, a player that used to be highly rated. I think he was at West Ham, right? And he was quite highly rated at that time, but his career probably hasn't quite gone how he would have wanted and now he's rocked up at Augsburg. But (laughs) yeah, to be fair to the lad, he has started every game this season, which he didn't last year. Yeah. And yeah, I mean obviously they've got big problems. You saw that Vine Seal, the new Augsburg coach, was just tearing his hair out on the touchline. He realizes he's got a very, very big job on I mean, we actually got a bit of stick Rory from some of our viewers for tipping Augsburg to go down. But I think after the first two home performances our prediction has been very much justified, to be honest with you. So far. <laughs> yeah, but you never know. There's still time. I think they need to get, obviously, Nicholas Dorsch as well. He was actually seen as a really big signing for them. They've got to kind of get him involved with games more as well. He's got to start taking a bit more leadership in that side getting them forward a little bit more because it's not, it's bleak for them at the minute. It really is bleak. But as for Leverkusen, for me, they've got a lot to look forward to at the moment. I think Schick and Diaby have been two of the best players in the Bundesliga in the first three rounds. I agree that despite backers poor defence, going forward is a real menace and the same with Frimpong as well. Both of them get forward really well, despite the flaws defensively. But I think the tar and uh, Kusunu is looking a, a lot better for me. Obviously, Kusunu, I think they paid about twenty-five million euros for him, which is quite a big out, outlay. But he does look a lot more solid from what I've seen than uh, obviously Tap Sober, who he replaced in the side. So. Yeah. You know encouraging signs for Leverkusen that they could have a really good season and at least push for the top four this year if not even the title if things continue going this way okay so moving on to a Baden-Württemberg derby now which was obviously a 3-2 win for Freiburg in Uh, free conceding Stuttgart, let's just say that much. But, I mean, this game obviously was a lot more complex than what you might think. You know, obviously, I mean, Stuttgart, like a few teams this week, they had a shocking start to the game, didn't they? I mean, obviously another team this week that found themselves uh, 2-0 down after just nine minutes. And it was actually a double from uh, the Korean striker Woo Young-jong. Actually. Mm-hmm. And, um obviously the first goal was a brilliant header from Chris Gunter, uh, Christian Gunther's uh, ball in the second one was like a mistake, really, from the keeper, Florian Muller, who didn't have his best game, did he? Let's be honest, for Stuttgart. He then, but it was a brilliant finish, to be fair, from Wu Young I mean, he hit it on the kind of half volley right into the top of the net, really. It was a kind of similar finish to Haaland's against Hoffenheim, really, I would say, this one. Mm. Great finish. So, a player that I've seen quite a lot of over the last couple of years and surprised that he doesn't get a bit more game time for Freiburg, actually, the, the Korean. But yeah, obviously, off to a brilliant... Start and then the goals just kept flowing, didn't they, Rory? Really?
0: Yeah, they sure did. Um obviously, from with my uh soft side, um for, for Stuttgart, it's the worst possible start you can make, especially uh in a team that's got so many uh injury worries right now. Um the team's sort of um kind of struggling so with all that in mind the one thing that you don't want to do is concede goals early and make the job even harder for yourself which obviously is exactly what they did um so yeah things got worse for them um so holler uh, was able to to power home a header um from a, from a really good cross actually from from rural and salai uh so that made it three nil so again you're thinking well yeah three nil okay game over um but there came a bit of a uh, a charge just on half-time. So, first off, we had Mavropanos, um, the centre-back of Stuttgart, kind of basically taking things into his own hands, saying, right, sob this, I'm off. So, he went on a charge forwards in, in open play, got a few little lucky deflections, and, and then collected a 1-2 off, off Al Um And then, uh, obviously, the ball fell for him kindly, and he, and he rifled it home really well. Uh, so, that's 3-1. So, you're thinking, right, okay going to half time and then you know we'll see it you know a strong second half but Stuttgart weren't done um again they went on the attack a couple of crosses kind of went through the the Freiburg area ended up with um, a throw in uh, which was played down to wataro endo who did fantastically well to, to put in a cross and it was um the striker al Al um who was there to head home from a lovely cross to make it 3-2. So two goals, literally bang on half-time, make it 3-2. And you're thinking this is set up for a, for a thriller of the second half. And uh, unfortunately, that's where the scoring stopped. <laughs> um, yeah, I think uh, there was a bit of a tactical change made by Freiburg. Um, strike um, switched to a back three. Uh, which really kind of condensed things, um, which stopped a lot of Stuttgart's momentum and attacks. Um, and it kind of led to a second half where the home team had a lot of the ball, but weren't really able to to do an awful lot with it. Um, in fact, it was almost Freiburg who who kind of looked the more comfortable and had the bear of the shots on the break. Um, so that's where it ended. Uh, disappointing for Stuttgart that they weren't able to complete a fine comeback. And obviously, uh, I've only got the one win. But there are a lot of other teams that look a lot worse than them, and take all this into account. There are so many injuries, um, and another one in the shape of Panos in the second half. Um, so that's um, that's a real concern for them right now. International break again. I'll say, good timing for some teams, bad timing for some teams. Perfect timing for Stuttgart to try and get some players back on the pitch uh, and then concentrate and try and um, get on a bit of a run. Um, no, yeah, obviously, it's no. Um, bad thing losing to this very exciting Freiburg side who who have been incredibly impressive at the start of the season and find themselves nestled inside the top four um, and are unbeaten so far so yeah I've been really impressed by Freiburg, it's not just the Vincenzo Grifo show as you know it is, it, he's a name that we dropped a lot last season but this team are you know built around uh, you know other players and they're, they're all put in, in fine performances, Holer and and John kind of came to the fore today Roland Salah is a fine player as well um and yeah they'll, they'll be thrilled with the start they've made so another excellent game but unfortunate for Stuttgart not to get points there
1: yeah I think one man that's got to get a lot of credit for this victory for Freiburg is Christian Streich as you say I mean obviously Like the first half was a great start, but then, like, he's obviously not happy with uh, what he sees in the last five minutes. He makes a triple substitution at half time. Like, it's not often that you see a team that are winning away from home at half time make a triple sub, you know. Mm -hmm. But he actually brought on Egerstein, who was the big signing from uh, Verde Bremen, like, kind of holding midfielder. He did really, really well to Mm -hmm. kind of break up the play from Stuttgart in the second half. They played a lot more on the counter. Salai had another couple of chances in that second half, which could have really finished the game he was brilliant Roland Salai. he really is a good player that I think Freiburg are lucky to keep on to year in year out really I mean we talk a lot about Grifo but Salai is every bit as good as far as i'm concerned yeah. yeah and you saw the celebrations from strike at the end he's usually a very placid man isn't he christian mm-hmm. strike but in this this one he was going absolutely crazy at the end he realized that he pulled off a bit of a tactical masterclass there really to kind of win yeah. because they were starting to look dodgy at the end of that first half and freiburg uh, sugar are the kind of side that can go and put in another two or three goals in that second half you know especially with the win between the sails but yeah I was really really impressed with Freiburg it was a similar kind of performance in some ways to the game last week against Dortmund I guess because um, you know they get the goals uh, in in the first half and then Dortmund started to come back they managed to hold them out so yeah but I mean that's starting to make the looks of a really good side for me this Freiburg team In all Mm -hmm. honesty, I think, I mean, even Demirovic didn't start. I mean, he was one of the key players last last season, wasn't he? And I think Egerstein's a good signing. They're they're very astute with the signings for Ibergen. And I just Mm -hmm. think they're building a really, really good side that could even push for that top six for me this year if things continue. They've got goals in the side. They've got a very, very good coach who knows the Bundesliga inside out. As for Stuttgart, I agree with you, Rory, that they've just got to get some players back on the pitch. I think credit to Al Gadawi as well, because we did crit- we did say he's probably not the great, but he got an assist and a goal in this game, yep. didn't he? So he did come up with the goods. But yeah, they do need to get a little bit more quality on the pitch at the minute, especially also at the back as well, because the shipping chances and goals, left, right and centre, aren't they? Um, I think Florian Muller, could pro- he's not made as good of a start as he might have wanted. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the signing from Mainz over the summer to replace Gregor kobel He's got to do a little bit more for me from what we've seen so far. But, yes, congratulations again. Great win for Freiburg, winning the, the Baden-Württemberg, Baden-Württemberg derby. Okay, so moving on to the last Feature 4 game. It was Mainz 3, Fert 0. Yeah, so once again, it's um, Fert getting a bit of a hammering on the road there. But, yeah, I think, again, it's the same problems, isn't it? Like, the playing out of the back is just a disaster for Ferd, basically. Like, they, they can't, they've not got the quality to do that. And Mainz did them at the press uh, time after time in the first half. And eventually, they were already 2-0 down. Another team that were 2-0 down early on in this weekend. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Anderson. I'm not quite sure how to pronounce his name, but Lukács, according to the German pronunciation, Uh, Yeah, he kind of smashed it underneath the goalkeeper, didn't he have to be played through by uh, Boetius, who was excellent. Obviously, the returning Boetius making his first start of the season after missing the first couple of games due to a COVID. I think he came on at halftime at Bochum, actually, but he didn't start either of the first two. Obviously, a few other key uh, big names as well. We saw Jerry Sanjust start his first game as well of the season after the COVID and yeah, the, the, it was a very very comfortable performance, I thought, really, from Mines uh, Rory. Uh,
0: yes, it was. Um, I think they were very good in the first half. They controlled a lot of the ball. Um, their, the second goal was was nicely um, nicely worked, quite quick as well. So a long ball out onto the right, um, and their new man um, Widmer, uh, put in a first-time cross, uh, and it was lashed home on the volley by, by Salai. Um, so that that's obviously 2-0. Um, really quickly puts them on the front foot, puts them in total control. Um, there was actually, um, and they stayed sharp on the other end, so uh, Zentner made a, a good a good save from a deflected effort from uh, Abiyama. Um, so that uh, kept it 2-0. I think that was getting on towards half-time, so... Could Have given foot um, a, a foothold in the game, but it wasn't to be. Um, and then a similar sort of um pattern in the second half. Mines were given a penalty earlier on, um, in the second half, but it was actually off uh, overturned for offside. Um, so again, foot getting away with one there, um, and then a fine, um, late strike to make it 3-0 um, after really good work from Onsiwo. Uh, he uh, he did really well to get in across for Stoiger to tap in to make it 3-0, uh, to make it a perfect um, afternoon for, for Mines. the 5 um Did well to react to their um, beating and, and a very good beating by by the other newly promoted side, Borkum. Um So I did think that they would bounce back and they've done it really well. And um, it looks like Fort might have to rely on the strength of their their home form and the support of their fans, maybe to get them over the line um, on a, on a few occasions at home to get them critical um, points. Obviously, right now, um, you know they're they're sitting in in the relegation playoff place, at one point. Um, ultimately, the teams that are down there. You've got Glad back on one point, Frankfurt on two points, um, so. You'd expect those two to move up away from trouble and a few others maybe to drop down yet with maybe Bielefeld and Balkan being a slightly closer to that group as the season goes on. So I think they know what ultimately they have to do uh, against the teams that they'll play later on in the season. Although mines aren't technically like a, you know, a, a guaranteed top nine team that, you know, they're in a good you know, they're in a good moment right now and they're playing some good football. So I always thought they'd be up against it. So uh work for them to do, certainly defensively, like you said, um, trying to maybe simplify things, especially away from home again, maybe just be a bit boring and try and play off Harguta and then get Abiama in the game that way. Um, but anyway, yeah, obviously they'll they'll be reliant on their home form, I would think. Um, but yeah, good win for Mines and they look really strong.
1: Yeah, I think obviously the coach, Stefan Leitle, is well known for being, the, the third coach, he's well known for being a guy that wants to play football, you know. But I, I agree that you can't be doing that away from home in the Bundesliga when teams press so high, you know. I mean, we've seen them get done against Stuttgart, now pretty much the same against Mainz. They didn't concede quite as many chances against Mainz as against Stuttgart, but it was still a hammering, really, let's be honest. For me, they've got to kind of take a leaf out of the Balkan book, try to aim to be a bit more compact, And I mean, I know that isn't really their style, so it's easier said than done. You know, they want to kind of have a goal at the Bundesliga. But my my fear for them is if they carry on like this, they're going to end up shipping like 100 goals this season or something. You know, it it could get that bad because, um, you know, I mean, they've shipped five against an off-form Stuttgart side. I mean, Mainz in their own right, as you say, Rory, they are. In, they finished last season great. They've already beaten Leipzig this year. So they are a side that are going to be pushing for that top nine this year, I think, uh, Mainz. But still, it doesn't really fulfil you with hope, considering they've got to go to the likes of Bayern, Dortmund, Leipzig. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's going to be a hard season for them if they continue in this vein. And for me, there's got to be some kind of point where they've got to say, you know, we've got to tighten up. Look at the likes of Bielefeld last season. What Bolkem have done to a slightly lesser extent this season so far. They've got to find a way to tighten up, otherwise they're gonna. Do you know what I mean? They're gonna lose every away game basically. It's, it's really, about. it's really
0: interesting to see the the comparisons between the two teams that came up this season and last season because you've got Bulkham, who are almost like a mirror image of of Bielefeld, <laughs> and you've got Furt, who are. Very similar in the way that they want to play compared to Stuttgart. <laughs> Stuttgart just had that that bit more about them that that go yeah. for that goal um, threat. But they already maybe had more established. So yeah, it is really interesting to see those comparisons. Um, yeah. But yeah, I agree. I think they do they, yeah. they do need to tighten up and maybe just draw a line under under it sometimes.
1: Yeah, I think the key, though, is that Stuttgart had a lot of kind of experienced campaigners like the likes of Gonzalo Castro. I don't know if you remember, he had a great start to last season. I mean, I was a little bit surprised to see he got released in the summer. So, yeah, I thought yeah. that was insane. I mean, whether it was a contract issue, maybe he wanted too much money for a 34-year-old, I don't know. But I was absolutely flabbergasted by that one because I thought he was great, especially in the early days of last season for Stuttgart with his experienced head. Maybe if Ferd can kind of get someone like that. I mean, I know the, probably their most high-profile player is probably Jetro Williams, who they brought in. Obviously, I think he played a little bit at Newcastle, so he has some Premier League experience. Maybe, you know, I think he's a fullback. I'd like to see the likes of him, a little bit more experienced heads in there for third. So just so they can be a bit more competitive because, I mean, obviously they did well to get that point against Bielefeld last week, but they can't keep getting battered like this on the road. Otherwise they're going to get left well adrift by the time Christmas comes really, unfortunately. You know, but they've still got a point on the board. They're not bottom of the league, so it could be a lot worse, I guess. But as for Mainz, yeah, another clean sheet. Great reaction to last week's defeat at Bochum Okay, so let's continue with our other five games uh, of this weekend. So there were some other good ones as well in there. No better place to start than Bayern's 5-0 thrashing of Hertha Berlin, really. I guess the big point there was a hat-trick from Lewandowski. I think, again, though, Hertha, like, David Selke, like our Bundesliga favourite guy, David Selke, missed two good chances at nil-nil. I say good chances, they were kind of like half chances really, I guess. But I just want to know that. I just can't understand why Hertha is starting him up front, though, to be honest with you. Because after what he, I think we said it last week as well, it it doesn't make sense to me. Because Mm. his record is poor. They've got a lot of quality in the side. What's happening at Hertha, Rory? Like, Why are they not doing it at the minute?
0: Well, I think like we kind of alluded to last week, there's a bit of um, maybe a bit of a risk in terms of their strategy that they've gone for with regards to their transfer targets. Um, A lot of kind of prized names that might not kind of really um, can go either way, of course. Um, They've been a bit unlucky with injuries. They've just, uh, this last week, obviously lost Matthias Cunha. Um, Regardless of what, Hurta fans made of him he is you know going forward one of their better players certainly with regards to the talent that he possessed um didn't always obviously come to the fore uh frustrating sometimes in front of goal but that's another you know another big player that they've lost um and then yeah in this game I thought you know Selke kind of summed it up for them yeah he was you know wasteful in terms of those few chances early on and then the rest was history um Nice football played for the first goal. Uh, lovely little dummy by Lewandowski for Müller to run onto. So that's one nil after just six minutes. And um, then you're up against it, aren't you? As a you know um, a team that's already struggling. Uh, again, the perseverance showed by Lewandowski to uh, his first header hits the bar, and then he's up and charging to go and get that second goal to knock it over the over the line. So that's two nil. Um, early on in the second half, again Hertz messing around with it in the in and around their own area, lose the ball, play to Musiala and his finish is, you know, exceptional. The young man continues to impress. Um, so, again, that's 3-0. Um, nice little bit of play between Sané and Muller to then um, get to the byline, putting across Lewandowski, tapping 4-0 and um, just reeling them off at the moment here. just obviously sounds a bit repetitive, but it was obviously just a bit of an onslaught. Um, and then a corner... Um, at the ends, headed back by Nianzu. And then, lo and behold, there is Lewandowski rising above everyone else to get his third and their fifth. Um, yeah, absolute you know, walk-over sort of win for Bayern. Perfect timing for them to play Hertha. Completely low on confidence. And they're you know, right at it right now. Goals are flowing. As we mentioned, they hit 12 in the Pokal first round the other day. Um, and, you know, Lewandowski, despite the rumours or what we've heard about him potentially seeking another uh, challenge, I obviously presume that he will stay this season at the very least. Um, and, yeah, he the great man just scores goals. He knows where to be, doesn't always have to play well, um, but he will always guarantee you goals. So that is why Bayern will always be the animal and dangerous animal that they are. Yeah. I mean, there's not much to really add for me. I expected them to win comfortably, and they did. Um, obviously, they're now looking upwards after their disappointing 1-1 draw to start the season. Uh, they look, yeah, dangerous as ever. are on the other side, you know, again, they look a complete mess. Um, really thought they'd be a different team this season with the signings. Uh, looked a bit more kind of compact and dangerous, particularly going forwards uh and it's yeah it's just not happened um for them obviously the coach Dardai will probably be under a lot of pressure right now he did a job to keep them up last season but what an underwhelming start um a difficult start but should they you know should they be rock bottom after three games and have conceded 10 goals um not I mean for me no um so yeah, a lot of a lot of issues for them to then solve over the international break again. Maybe they can just take stock and go again. But uh, yeah, very worrying for uh, for the Berlin side.
1: Yeah, and obviously the only pointless side as well. Again, obviously three defeats out of three, ten goals conceded. Yeah. Okay, talking about teams, though, that are on the up now, definitely compared to last season, FC Cologne, I mean, what a start they've had. I mean, for me, this was another very good performance, despite the goals only coming late on against Bochum. I mean, they absolutely, they laid the law down to Bochum, literally, in this game. I mean, Modeste, who's had a bit of a resurgence at the start of the season, hit the post twice at 0-0, which was very unlucky. It was a constant menace obviously a uh, dejan as well had a goal disallowed maybe again it looked like a great goal at first didn't it really but then obviously it disallowed but then it took it did take until 82 minutes actually when they finally uh, broke down uh, the the stubborn Bochum defence really you know Bochum obviously making a name for themselves has been a hard team to beat already early on this mm. season but yeah I mean it was a great ball in from Florian Kainz wasn't it one of the stars of the season so far this year and then it was as a German commentary called him the joker Louis Schaub who'd only been on for four minutes actually kind of got an excellent it was one of those awkward touches wasn't it where if he hit it too well it would have gone against the keeper but he got that kind of like slight nudge which knocked it past the Bochum goalkeeper then obviously um, I think actually Bochum had one of their only chances of the game in this period Uh, Zola kind of having one off the line from uh, Cologne But then again, side for, for um, Cologne. It was this time Thomas Ostrach who put the ball in, and it was smashed home by Tim Limpale, which made it 2-0, and the game was pretty much over. But then Rory, the there was a little bit of a consolation for Bolham, wasn't there?
0: Yeah, there was. Um Zola was was picked out late on in the box in lots of space and you know kind of made no mistake to slot home. Um so he's added to to his assists uh, and his all-round performance last week, and he's got himself confidence-boosting goals, so that's good for Balkan. Um, I think one point to note, obviously, you said that Colm, you know, Thore deserved their victory, which they did. Bolcom were very uh, compact and, and impressive in defence, which they were, but the first goal comes from a Bolcom mistake. Uh, yeah. They had the ball in their own area. They're trying to play out, which, you know, late on in the game, I would have thought they were just maybe trying put their foot through it and get high up the pitch so they lose it in midfield and then that's what leads to to the Kynes cross and there it is 1-0. That is the difference, obviously, at the top level of football. Uh, Mistakes are punished on a regular basis. So, yeah, that's maybe one thing they'll be a bit frustrated about. But, yeah, yeah, no disgrace losing 2-1 away to a very now uh, dangerous-looking colm side. So it's really, really pleasing to see how well they're playing. Uh, They look good going forward. modesta has been a revelation since coming back. Um so yeah, very they're, they're good win for for Colen and you know they're looking upwards rather than down at the moment.
1: Definitely. And talking of sides that are looking up rather than down, on Sunday we had another good win for Union Berlin. Well it was the first win of the season, but they have started very, very well this season, haven't they? It was great to see a good, strong crowd at Union as well this afternoon. Uh, Yeah, the the red wall really, obviously in the in the stadium in the forest. You know, one of the hardest places to go in the Bundesliga nowadays with that fan base. It's good to see them back. Not quite a full house, but it's getting close to being allowed full houses again in some of the stadiums. But unfortunately, not here where I am in Bavaria. But yeah, I mean, this was you know this was a classic Union performance. I thought you know the for early on they got into Gladbach. Made it hard for them to settle, were pressing. They eventually got the goal from, we told you to put him in your fantasy football team. And it was that man again, wasn't it? Nicole Geiselman, who could be one of those guys, you know, who has a really, really good season this year. The fullback. Obviously, most of the work was done, though, by a brilliant cross from Genki Haraguchi, who yeah. is another Japanese player who looks to be taking storm in the Bundesliga. Yeah, so that, that was for 1-0. A great header across the goal past the diving Jan Sommer to make it 1-0 to the home side. Then, obviously, just before half-time as well, Max Cruiser, probably the two key players nowadays for Union. Uh, Max Cruiser supplying Awani for his third goal in three Bundesliga games. He's starting to look like a real signing, isn't he, Awani? I mean, he's scored in every game so far and look quality. Then, Rory, I think that was obviously 2-0. I think it was quite comfortable, despite the very late consolation from blabach
0: Yeah, very much so. I think they had control of the game for the vast majority. Um, I think, obviously, a few chances after that, after 2-0, I think Zakaria came off the bench um, and and clipped the crossbar from a long-range effort. Um, but generally speaking, Lute in net um, was quite quite comfortable. Um Obviously, the late goal came from from good work from Stindl uh, to play in Benej, um, whose shot was saved, and then it was, it was on to Hoffman to slide home 2-1. Uh, there was a final last chance, actually, for for Gladbach yeah. to, to steal an uh, an unlikely point uh, as Elvedi flicked on the long ball, and it was uh, Patrick Herman um, <laughs> who had a shot into the side netting. So, yeah, he could have maybe stolen a point late on in the day, which would have been good for Gladback given the situation they find themselves in um, and they find themselves in very low down in the league, low on confidence, low on players um, in terms of their injury list so again good timing for them to hit the international break obviously a lot of teams who would probably be happy for it um, right now um, but Union continue to impress um, look like they've got a bit of a tough draw in the conference league um, but you know, they'll, I'm sure they'll manage things well because they've been very impressive already so far this season. Um Obviously, a long way to go yet. But, yeah, great win for Union. Just exactly what you expect from them. Cruising, Cruising uh, our one-year, yeah, fantastic little partnership they've got going as well.
1: Absolutely. And staying with the Sunday games, we had a, another home win. Obviously, Wolfsburg edging out uh, Leipzig. We've now lost two games out of the first three. A difficult start for new coach Jesse Marsh. To be honest, I was a little bit, usually we talk about how the games between the big teams are so good in the Bundesliga. This wasn't one of those, really, to be honest. It was very much a defence-minded performance from Wolfsburg. They tried to stop, they let Wolfsburg, Leipzig have quite a lot of the ball, but they realised that obviously the defensive strength and the quality of Castilles was always able to keep them out. I think yeah obviously Leipzig did have more slightly more possession away from home which is not typical for Wolfsburg to concede more possession at home but I mean the goal in the end obviously came from a, a bit of a mistake really from the usually uh, reliable Galazzi who has been very good over the last 12 months or so like he spilled across from uh, Baku into the line of another fantasy football legend Jerome Roussillon who just kind of comfortably and easily side-footed in more, more to speak about Roussillon, though. He was probably the man of the match in this game. The guy was an absolute rock at the back. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Leipzig did put quite a lot of pressure on towards the end of the game, pushing for that equaliser. But some of the tackles that were coming in from Roussillon, you know, Wolfsburg, they, they're not the most attacking side in the world, especially when they get 1-0 up against better teams. But for me, they saw it out quite comfortably, Rory, really, in this one.
0: Yeah, they did. the The inconsistencies of RB Leipzig's strike again. Um, obviously, it's no disgrace losing to Wolfsburg away from home. Far from. Um, but yeah, it's a bit of a touchy performance from both sides. Um, uh, obviously, the first half took a you know a little while to get going. A um, couple of chances for for Silver and Simican, uh, and as you said, the the one goal was was a bit of an error by the keeper Galachi. Um, and the Wolfsburg rear guard were able to hold out um, after the goal. So fantastic for them. Top of the table, uh, obviously. It's, again, they just sneak under the radar, don't they, Wolfsburg? Like, it's not like we've spoken that much in detail about them. I'm not sure if they featured in any of our featured four sections yet. <laughs> um, but they just, yeah, they do what they do. Uh, 1-0 win against an impressive RB side who were on form. Um, You know, you've got to hand them credit for that. Uh, They've not lost any players. They've recruited smartly, not loads of big signings, but, you know, the the, the Nemecha twins uh, making Maximilian Phillips loan permanent smart business. So, you know, they go from strength to strength and uh, long may it continue because I'm a big fan of, uh, you know, the way that they play football. Impressive start for the coach.
1: Yeah, obviously, a lot of people criticise, well, not really criticising, but a lot of people were sceptical about Mark van Bommel. Yep. Um, and you, you got to wonder, Oliver Glasner, he's going to be looking over his shoulder and thinking, why did I leave? You know, because, yeah. like, I mean, they have a great side as well, Wolfsburg. You know, they have, like, in key positions, they have good players in every... I mean, Schlager was outstanding in this game as well. Again, he's, he's had another... Obviously, he actually went off injured after about 70 minutes, but it didn't look like too heavy of an injury. Hopefully, he'll be yeah. back after the international break. Yeah, there were so many good performances, even though it was more of a kind of like physical and gritty performance from Wolfsburg rather than, but we know they can play football on the day as well. So they've got, I like teams that have both sides, you know, they can grit in and defend, but they can also play some good football. When needed as well. So it's, yeah, fantastic for Wolfsburg. They've got Champions League to look forward to the top of the league. Their fans can sleep well for the next two weeks, I think that's for sure. Okay, on to to the last game, which was actually, um, yeah, it was our only draw of this week, actually, and it was between Bielefeld and Frankfurt. For me, this was a game of kind of like not two halves, but two thirds and a third, basically. (laughs) I think for the first two thirds, I think Frankfurt were completely dominant for me. They actually scored a really really good goal an excellent team move and it was that man petter hauger who has been one of their few bright sparks really the season so far i would say what hasn't been a great star let's be honest i think bore he's really struggling isn't he let's be honest you know he missed a couple of great chances to make it 2-0 he looks like a player that you know he needs that first goal otherwise it could be a long season for him Obviously the replacement for Andre Silva. But then I think credit to Bielefeld and Frank Kramer, you know, they really finished well, didn't they, Rory, in this one?
0: Yeah, they did. Um, so they are probably unlucky not to be level um after Hinterraga managed to get um a shot off the line from Hack. Um, but you know, ultimately they weren't, you know, they weren't gonna stop, they weren't gonna be denied um the substitute Vimmer hitting a, a lovely strike um, to make it 1-1 and probably, uh, well, yeah, a deserved draw, I guess. Um, obviously, like you said, Frankfurt dominated large periods of it, but um, if you're you know, going to be a Roy Keane type of pundit, you say, you know, if you don't take your chances, ultimately you don't deserve to get anything from it. Obviously, a draw is a draw. Um, tough times at the moment for uh, for Glasgow and Frankfurt. Um, I'm sure it will come good. Uh, I expect them to be maybe... Like slightly below the the top six this season. If they don't sort themselves out and get that striker in terms of Bore, it doesn't turn out to be a good signing. Uh, they could be mid table ish, but uh, I'm sure things will come good eventually.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more, really. And obviously, Bielefeld, three draws out of three. You know, I guess for them, for me, the, the performance wise, they've gone to the next level this season. They attack more. They look more of a threat, they look more of a Bundesliga side, but they do need that first win, you know, because mm. draws are very nice for morale to stay on beam, but you do need to win football matches as well, you know, and I think, uh, yeah, I mean, they'd probably be a bit angry that they didn't beat furt away last week, you know, but I guess the other two games against high-flying Freiburg, that looks like a good point now, really, all of a sudden, yeah. and then obviously today against uh, Frankfurt, that's still a good point, especially considering they scored with only five minutes to go, so, yeah, that pretty much concludes our uh, analysis of the week. But let's finish with our obvious um, hero and zero of the week. So, Rory, do you want to introduce our hero?
0: Yeah, very quickly. Um, hero of the week, Lewandowski, trick again, um, standout performer for me. Um, obviously, plenty of other good performances, but no one, you know, no one knows where the back of the net is like that man. So, yeah, easy hero of the week for me this time. Um, zero, Mark.
1: Yeah, I mean, this guy, Iago, he had an absolute stinker. That was the definition of a stinker. I mean, obviously, after just three minutes chipping his own goalkeeper for an own goal and just his overall performance, I think, I would imagine it was a case that he just lost uh, confidence after that. Basically, He's he's actually not a bad player. I think last season he was one of my favourite players. I thought he was pretty good for Augsburg. Yep. last season so with all due respect to him you know i mean it was just one of those days he was very very poor in this game but hopefully he'll be back and back to confidence by their next game after the international break
0: yep. okay. um, yeah we've all, we've all had them haven't we <laughs> um,
1: yeah absolutely
0: so, yeah as mark alluded to international break uh, is coming up this week so our next show will be our live Thursday show and that will obviously be a week Thursday so that will be Thursday the 2nd of September so obviously get your views in on this video enjoy this one because it'll be the last one for a week and a bit Um so yeah Mark over to you to close up the show.
1: Yeah so obviously if you want to check out our Twitter feed uh, it's at over the bar FB you can see everything Bundesliga and obviously we also have the other show the regular show which is a League One and League Two show yeah make sure you check that out and obviously uh, otbfootball.net is the centerpiece of our of everything football related obviously we do written articles as well so make sure sure to check them out on your way to work tomorrow morning so yeah also hit subscribe of course which really really helps we are starting to see a an increase in our subscribers which really helps us because obviously the more we have the more we can kind of uh, afford time to produce more content for the show We've got a lot of other stuff coming for you as well obviously european shows are going to be coming in the not too distant future we also plan on doing some um like other derby videos and friendship uh, videos as well so yeah um check out keep following us and yeah enjoy the new content so yeah Enjoy the international break. It's coming too soon for my liking, really, this season. But, yeah, enjoy your international break. And, yeah, hopefully England and Germany, of course, will get back to uh, winning ways under Hansi Flick. And, yeah, see you after the
0: break. Cheers, all. See you then.